You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, we'll look back at this time, this time exactly, and think, that was when we almost let Trump in the White House. And this is Jesse. In the future, pumpkin spice will become the American currency of September through November. We'll have pumpkin spice currency. Mm, it'll, it'll <laughs> taste like not real pumpkins <laughs> and mostly cinnamon. Yeah. To be fair, Maybe though, some straight up, <laughs> straight up pumpkin taste is not great. I'm not a fan. Oh, and no. Yeah. It's totally the cinnamon that makes pumpkin spice good. <laughs> <laughs> cinnamon it, and nutmeg. It should oh. just, they should just make cinnamon everything. <laughs> cinnamon everything. Yeah. I'm I'm trying, now I want to think of something that would not be good cinnamon. Was it the cinnamon challenge? Um, <laughs> like mustard with cinnamon in it? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. You. All right. I, 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 yeah, my, I, I changed it. my stance. I, I did it. See? Hershey Kisses with pumpkin spice in it are a terrible idea. I changed my stance on that position. I take that back. <laughs> you can have overload <laughs> on anything. <laughs> Tastes like tastes like chicken. Not when you're not when you're eating ice cream. Chicken flavored ice cream would be horrible. Ooh, you're right. You're right. But cinnamon ice cream so good. <laughs> what about cinnamon chicken? Cin- mm, eh, that might be all right. That that one. That one. We'll leave that to the jury to decide. <laughs> That's not how you say that. The jury's out on that one. <laughs> we'll leave, uh, <laughs> I'm messing up my old wives tale sayings that's not not a thing either i'm gonna stop right there (laughs) uh welcome to the grolix podcast this is episode 30 something 40 30 something 30 something wasn't that a television show in the 80s 30 something yeah 34 so 34 yep (laughs) the the race the race is on (laughs) 50 If you add in our bites episodes and the nights episodes, we are past fifty, which is makes me feel good. Hmm. Uh, we will be talking about Preacher Volume One this episode. We'll do some TV talk. We will pick the, the book that we're talking about. Well, you pick the book we'll be talking about next time, but we will uh, let you guys know what that book ended up being. Yeah, uh, I think I had a little sway on it this month. Oh, oh yeah. I, you know, I didn't vote on it a bunch, but um, <laughs> there hasn't been a whole lot of change on the poll. No. Uh, which means, listener, go to grogspodcast.com, hit the poll list button, or if you're on the desktop, it'll also be in the right sidebar, and you can vote on the book that we talk about every episode, every Grolix Prime episode, and uh, yeah, poll list. Yeah, you you decide what we listen to. We We don't decide it. Unless we're the only ones voting. So, (laughs) yeah, unless we're the only ones voting. I do throw a vote on there once in a while, but, you know, it's not like an unfair thing. I'm just like, it's been a while. I'll just throw a vote here. Yeah. 
Maybe I shouldn't. That's probably is breaking the rules, I guess. I mean, we made the rules, but I don't know. It seemed like an okay thing to do. I'm not rigging it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not rigging the system. <laughs> yeah. You're not like writing in like a, I don't know, like a great grandfather's name and putting their vote on Thor, the goddess of thunder. Yeah. I'm not going and finding uh, dead people's computers and voting from their computers. <laughs> dead people's computers. <laughs> That's an oddly specific thing to go look for. A dead person's <laughs> IP address. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig in this graveyard until we find a like a Commodore sixty four. <laughs> like, we're gonna get we're gonna get their uh the, yeah we're gonna get their emails. Listen, if somebody if somebody <laughs> figures out a way to vote on this poll using a comedy, Commodore sixty four, <laughs> you win. They do win. Yeah, we'll, we'll read it. <laughs> you, you take a picture of you yourself sending us uh, a vote on a Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, you win. You we'll, win. We'll read that. Whatever it is, uh, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a comic. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I will quantify it could that. Could be a book. Could be a no, pamphlet. No, no, I'm not reading War and Peace. <laughs> yeah, the Bible <laughs> or the Quran. To- <laughs> oh my like i don't know how to discuss this book <laughs> i feel not one way or the other about it it's... i feel like I, I gotta take a college course to understand how i could talk about this it was fine there was nothing <laughs> bad about it it offended me deeply and also gave me hope <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to dance around that type of subject. <laughs> oh boy, I hope so. Uh, um, wow, <laughs> this is why, this is this might be why we don't necessarily open the show promoting the pull list. I don't know why I went that way, but I'm glad we did. Yes. <laughs> now let's, let's now let's promote the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. What's next? <laughs> uh, uh, so we are, you know, peek behind the curtain right off the bat. We're recording this the day before Halloween. It will go up mm-hmm. the day before U.S. presidential elections. Um, we don't have to dive too much deeper into that than I already did in the future predictions. Uh, yep. But Jesse, you've been yes. a you've been a you've been you've been a busy beaver. <laughs> I uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm deeply offended. And yet, <laughs> hope. <laughs> I, I have been uh, quite busy this month. It's been crazy. I know you had some. I know you had some things. That, some very interesting things. Uh, you partook in this month. I Part, guess partook in. Yes. Uh, so I think. I think what you were. <laughs> what you're referencing is the fact that uh, Axton and I. Uh, went to Wichita, Kansas, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, and uh, as we're recording this, and we we were part of Time Eddie, Time Eddie 2 in Wichita, Kansas, which is a Doctor Who-themed convention, and uh, we missed it last year because it was right around the same time as, I think it was pretty close in time uh, with Con. Um, also, the uh, yeah, I think it was Kansas State Comic Con and Time Eddie were, were very close together, and so I went and saw... Colin Baker at 
Kansas State Comic Con last year, and then uh, like he was the guest of honor at Time Eddie. So it was like, oh, well, I kind of already spent my money there. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, we we decided we were like, okay, we'd been hearing about it, and uh, we haven't done an out of state con as far as being a vendor at at a con. So we thought we'd give it a try, and uh, we had a, we had a buddy, an artist buddy, James Hodge, who is also um, uh, you can find him on Facebook and uh, and online as uh, Straight Jacket Studios, um, and he's got a he's got a Facebook page and stuff that you guys can find uh, for his work. He he went down with us and he had his own table like right next to us, so we kind of split the room three ways, made it a little bit more affordable. Hmm. But uh, James is also a huge uh, Doctor Who fan, and he even did a podcast for a while called Mad Fans with a Box. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And so like when, whenever I get together with James, we talk big finish stuff and, you know, it's it's always a good time. So uh, we made the I don't I don't remember what it is, like five and a half hour drive down to <laughs> down to Wichita uh, and talked, you know, nerd things all the way there and then uh, have then set up for the con. But, uh, you know, like this this con was a little different in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, like one of the ways is that usually if there's a if there's Doctor Who people there, I'm going to spend money. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, and I don't normally spend money when I'm behind the table. That's kind of like the the good thing of being behind the table. You get to see all the cool stuff, but you don't you don't you don't spend your money on it. You you because you, you you're there to make money. Well, right off the bat, uh, I was uh, it was it was a huge huge week trying to get things ready for it. Uh, happened right at the end of the school year's uh, quarter. On the calendar, so I had to do like report cards the day before, oh my God. and uh, and we took uh, we actually took the day off, which would have been the day that we would have worked on grades. So I had to get my grades done in advance. Uh, we had taken that day off, and then as soon as the school day ended on Thursday, we rendezvoused in in uh, Omaha and then left from there. So like Wednesday night, I'm packing my car and getting everything ready so that I can leave pretty much right after work Thursday. And I had it. I had everything laid out. I had lists and, you know, probably the most organized I've been in, in a long time for, for a con because, you know, first time out of state. We get there. I unload the car. But the, but the problem is that I put pretty much everything in my back seat except for one bag. <laughs> I, put, I put one bag in my trunk and I thought, oh, this is an important bag. I wouldn't possibly forget it. It was the bag that had all of my clothes and my toiletries and all, all those like, like the main thing you'd take on a trip. Everything else is kind of just bonus, right? You need that <laughs> one bag, you know, that's the, that's the one bag you'd probably pack carry on on a plane because you don't want to lose it. You want to make sure you have a change of clothes when you get wherever you're going. That one bag was in my trunk the whole weekend because I unloaded everything that I could visibly see. My brain had shut off. I'd gone into autopilot mode and, uh, we, you know, we take it out of the car, load it into the other car, take it out of the car, load it into the other car, look around and like, I think I got everything. Like I look in the car, I look into the car <laughs> oh, and I'm like, yeah, I think I got everything. Uh, the one place I couldn't look without opening it was the trunk and I didn't. Oh, and so man. all my clothes and all that stuff was in there. So, uh, the con was quite unusual. We got down there and, uh, and I realized, have you guys seen a duffel? It's it's odd because like last minute I I basically like threw some lounge pants in into just one of my other bags because it's like oh, I'm not gonna you know, like it's just a last minute thing I'll just grab it 
so I had some like pajama pants for that for that first night. But uh, otherwise, I had no clothes for the next day. So the next day, we're going to Walmart, and I'm buying like, <laughs> buying like this is where the story gets fun because I buy like some crazy ironic T-shirts because I'm like, man, these are just gonna be shirts. I just need cheap shirts because I'm probably not even gonna keep these shirts. You know, like I'll buy a, a pair of jeans. You know, I I just needed enough stuff to get me through the weekend, so it couldn't be like outlandishly great clothing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got I've got this tie-dye shirt that's all like impact font, you know, like the kind of font you see on like internet memes, but like the interior of the lettering is tie-dye and it says let's get weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I, I kind of need to buy that shirt now. And so that was one of the shirts and then I bought a uh, a Pac-Man shirt and a uh like a like a mortal Kombat shirt and the mortal Kombat shirt was like really cheap uh but it was like an extra size too large oh sure, <laughs> so, sure. So it was like extra 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 large or something so those are the shirts i'm rocking all weekend i think you know it's all right i'm i'm in a con whatever but the thing is is that i had booked uh at the at the con this year there was lots of doctor who people and one of the people that i had booked in advance a photo op with was Peter Davison. <laughs> and so I'm going to take I'm going to take a picture with Peter Davison in one of these horrible shirts and I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well just just go whole hog. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing the let's get weird shirt <laughs> in my photo op with the fifth doctor. Oh man, pretty incredible. You were saying he was a few tables down from your table? Um, originally they were all going to be in, we were all going to be basically in one room. Uh, but somebody drove, I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to tell you this story. Somebody drove a car into like the side of the, of the the building or something. And so like the, the vendor's room, which should have been even bigger, had to be closed. Like part of it had to be closed off and the, and they were working on it and there was like construction on it and whatnot so everybody that was going to be in that vendor room got pushed out into like the i don't know what you'd call it it's not like a lobby but like oh sure sure the the big open area i don't i don't know what it would be called so all the guests got put out there i was going to be like two tables down from peter davison and we were going to be like directly next to dominic lynn which would have been pretty rad oh man but uh, so all those guys got pushed out into the other the other area it would have been probably would have been i don't know if it would have been better or worse for business if those guys would have been in the vendor's room oh sure know. sure <laughs> so wow yeah so yeah the, we had we had uh you know i don't know i'll for, i'll inevitably forget somebody but we had a lot of really awesome classic it pretty much all classic era with the exception of uh was it kate caitlin uh who plays young pond uh, the young Amy Pond in in the Eleventh Doctor stories. She was there, uh, but otherwise it was pretty much all uh, classic era. Like Peter Davison was pretty much the guest of honor. We had Terry Malloy, uh, Davros was there. He had uh, Anaki Wills who played Polly. So you know, I mean, we've got first Doctor, second Doctor alum right there. Yeah, that's awesome. That that was pretty awesome. Uh, Dominic Lynn was the composer for the Sixth Doctor uh, theme. Uh, would have been the trial of the Time Lord. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, season season of television. Uh, oh, and then the the voice of Omega uh, from you know like the, the three Doctors was there. 
I'm probably forgetting somebody, but uh, oh, oh yeah, the very first director of Doctor Who. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. He was there. That's awesome. And I hadn't even seen him. Uh, I I was I thought maybe he had uh, canceled because. I hadn't seen him out there at the, at the guest tables, uh, but my friend James, he, uh, he said, oh, he's out there. He was out there at least on Sunday. So I don't know if he was only able to make it for part of it or I just, he, or he just was never out there when I was outside of the, the vendor room. But yeah, he was there too. Man, that's awesome. Then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the picture you had sent me from your, from your room. Oh. No, I won't go. Oh, 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 oh. I won't Would go into like other. We don't have to necessarily go into after-hour stories, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be more fun. Those would be more fun stories. Um, Waris Hussein was the original director of Doctor Who. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, I, the name was kind of man. That's awesome that he's he's doing cons and stuff. I didn't even. I wouldn't even have yeah. imagined. Yeah, I wish I would have had a chance to to just shake his hand you know i mean like that that uh that's pretty awesome um okay so uh which the okay yeah, I'm... I, I can't remember what i was saying but i had asked you something about oh it's on twitter on twitter you were you were like are, are we are we jealous of, of jesse he's just getting to meet all sorts of doctor who people and then i fired back with yeah i'm just i'm just chilling watching this peter davison uh panel from my room <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, yeah. We had um we had a room which like they had a uh, like those balcony rooms, you know, like sometimes if you're in a hotel, sometimes the balcony looks out over the pool or mm-hmm. whatever. This one <laughs> for whatever reason uh looked out over like their grand hall, like one of their main uh like I don't know, it'd be like a convention room kind of thing and that even had a a staircase that went right down into it so i could have just like walked down and sat down at the thing but i also could have watched it from my balcony uh and we actually took full advantage of that later on um in the evening uh but yeah peter davison just had i like i had to i had to go back up to the room for something and i was like oh there's the whole panel, like, like our, our, our blinds, our, our curtain wasn't even shut either. So like they could look up into our room too. So they might've seen like some of the people in the audience might've seen me. Peter Davison wouldn't have, cause he was like in front of me, but like everyone's looking that way. So like they could, they could easily see me like up, up to shenanigans up in the room or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's no small part of me that's like, Hmm, what can I get away with here? <laughs> I should have put some kind of Adric sign up in my window. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor lied and Adric died. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd have been awesome. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. That just, just your proximity to everything was really cool. Um, and then later on in the evening, Dominic Glenn had like a live, live, uh, li- like event or concert. I mean, he's basically down there playing his music and stuff. And so we just, you know, we're just like, Oh yeah, I'll just pop out here onto the, uh, onto the balcony and hang out and listen to Dominic Lynn do his, uh, Dr. Who theme remixes. And so that was really awesome. Um, and then, uh, he did a signing and sold, uh, CDs right then and there. And so we're like, Hey, let's go pop down there. And so we did, we, you know, we went down and said hi and, and all that. And that was a guest I wasn't sure if I was going to actually, you know, meet or not that weekend, but it's like, ah, this is too cool, too cool not to. Uh, and then Axton being the, 
you know, like being the extrovert that he is, like he he went back down later after the line had already died out and everything, and he just uh, went down there and had a conversation with him. And I'm like, you don't even know who he is. <laughs> 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 but that's like the magic of Axton is he doesn't it doesn't matter. He can have a conversation with anyone. And uh, but I was I I was a little jealous of that, and so uh, like the next the next time Axton was like, you know what, we're gonna go out, we're gonna go do something, and I was like, told I'm not even gonna think now, I'm just gonna follow you around because you just like have these incredible things happen. Yeah, which which got into our after hours um, <laughs> <laughs> exploits, which I don't know that I should necessarily <laughs> talk about, but uh, would just say that they were mighty. <laughs> they, they, they were mighty and uh yeah I don't, I don't i don't know what to say without i was barefoot i'll say that i was barefoot and there were adult beverages involved <laughs> awesome awesome so stew on that audience try to figure that one out <laughs> keeper didn't have shoes what <laughs> you you were sending me some great pictures and i <laughs> I wasn't even aware uh, Time Eddie was happening that weekend. I think I'd tell you had mentioned like you were there or something. Or I was like, oh, he, well, Jesse's off meeting more doctors. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah, like this. Oh, it's another Tuesday for Kiefer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this? A picture of him with another classic doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do have a picture with, uh, five through seven now that is awesome man that's pretty cool yeah i I, yeah that's the basically now it's uh like eight eight is one that um i would really like to because otherwise for you know baker's not tom baker's not going to be able to make it to america Mm -hmm. i I just i just don't see that happening so but i would really like to meet eight uh i i don't imagine i'll ever see nine and 10 through 12 are really expensive right now. Oh, (laughs) wait till they're more, wait till they're more like classic doctors. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't think, I don't think David Tennant will ever be just a classic doctor. You know I mean? Like, yeah, he's always going to be just a a hard one to get to. I, I think he's like the Stanley of the doctor who world right now. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, He's done well at having a career outside of Doctor Who since Doctor Who. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is he's not just do- he's not just the tenth Doctor. He's also Kilgrave. He's also, uh, you know, he's in the Harry Potter universe. He's mm-hmm. uh, Broadchurch was brilliant. I mean, and, and he's a, you know, he does Shakespeare on the regular. So, yeah, I'm I'm not talking down about him at all. He is worth every penny. I'm sure. I think since nine, you know, with the exception of Eccleston, all the new doctors really seem to embrace it, but he like really seems to have embraced it like the whole time. He seems to enjoy yeah. it. And the fact well, his, fa- his father-in-law, <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Oh, speaking of which I should, I should probably mention the book. Uh, like I, I enjoyed meeting uh, Peter Davis and he was very nice. He was very polite. Uh, and I got to see him like first thing Friday basically. Uh, so I, I'm like, oh, I could have him sign a ton of things. I could have him sign a DVD. I could have him sign something from Big Finish, which is something that I'd had people sign in the past. And I just thought, nah, you know what? He's selling his book. I think I'm going to go ahead and spring for the book. Well, uh, on his book, he's like leaning 
like like he's got his hand on his chin kind of thing like like that bored look or whatever mm-hmm. or i don't know i don't know i don't know if bored is the right adjective or or not but um he was doing that <laughs> he was literally doing that as i walked up to the table uh to, to you know to talk to his handlers and get the book and have him sign it and and i didn't realize it until just like a couple of days ago and I, that's why i messaged you i was like that's so meta he was doing that <laughs> i sent you a picture of the book cover i was like wait a minute he was doing that and what was the and the name of the book is um uh, is there life outside the box yeah yeah uh yeah i thought that was a good story too man and <laughs> an actor despairs and your comment was great it was like uh you were like you know i feel like he's the doctor that would uh do that on purpose just to see if people could figure it out that that's what he's referencing <laughs> it kind of seems yeah it seems like he's yeah he it falls in line with kind of his humor mm-hmm. and you know that he would intentionally kind of to be self-referential like that uh-huh. that is his kind of kind of meta humor a little bit it was a good, it was a great con. The people at Time Eddie were fantastic. Uh, I think that was the best part of it. it was like all the people we met. Um, it wasn't a big money maker for me. Axton did a lot better. I think he was better prepared for this. I you know of course me uh, also having to buy a new set of clothing didn't help. But yeah, yeah. I would do it again just because it was so much fun. So I highly recommend that con. Sort sort of a mini con review. It seems you know sometimes you guys will do cons and you're kind of bound to the table yeah but you you come out with some pretty good pretty good stories this time around well i i think being able to like get a room and stay at the con Mm -hmm. was i mean yeah we were ripe to have adventures in this kind of a situation (laughs) whereas uh, normally if we're doing local cons we just do the day come home do it again the next day so it's a little bit more like a job. This felt a little bit more like a vacation, I guess. And oh, sure. Oh boy, we, we took advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. The other thing is, so we, usually we do shout outs for new shows on the network. And I think in the future, I kind of want to tighten that up a little bit just so it doesn't take up so much time. Right. But, and so, you know, I was, I was mentioning to you before, beforehand that, um, you know, maybe we can kind of cut the network shout outs just to kind of trim time back a little bit. But <laughs> but then we get shows where it's like, well, we have to shout these guys out. It's perfectly in line with. Uh, yeah, with 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 our show. Um, So since the last episode of Grolic's podcast, we've had three po- more podcasts join the Electronic Media Collective uh, podcast network. So I want to mention them real quick. The first was it's two shows. It's the same guys uh, and they put it out through the same feed. But uh. They separate it by topic a little bit like we do, um, like nights and the bites and stuff like that. Right. Or like fat boy and captain llama do with their, uh, blown cartridges. Blown... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which speaking of, before we get too far out of the way, uh, their last episode of blown cartridges features a, uh, certain Grolix producer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sent in, I sent in an audio recording, um, and it was cool. They re- got to, re- they listened to it and reacted to it. Uh, just talking about comic or not comic books, just talking about um video game stuff. And specifically, I was talking about Red Dead Redemption because they had mentioned it a couple episodes back on their blown cartridges show and uh, speculating about, you know, how a sequel will probably be announced soon. Weird. And- I wonder if a sequel will ever be announced. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. There's been a sequel announced. What? <laughs> um, so weird. I'm glad because they I had sent it into them almost 
I want to say about a month beforehand and mm-hmm. they, um, they didn't get it into their next episode, uh, the following episode, but they got it into this most recent one. And I'm glad because it falls just before the red dead two right. announcement dropped. So I was like, all right, at least I squeezed it in there, uh, you know, last minute. Um, so I could still say like, I called it, not that it was anything, you know, not that it was something surprising. Everybody's been expecting it, but right. Also red dead two, man, I'm so excited. Right. Or Red Dead Redemption 2, which is technically like the third Red Dead game, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but the shows that have joined the network, we got Splurch and Parlopod, which is, you know, the same guys host both. Splurch, they mm-hmm. talk about more general comic book stuff. And Parlopod, they talk about Swamp Thing, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I've been following them for a little while. And they approached me and I was super excited because I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I've been listening to you guys since you guys started. So there you go. Splurch. Splurch is a great name, too. Oh, right. I feel like it like uh, we're kind of the sound that that goes over a a bad word. Uh Agrolixes. And and they are uh, they are a onomatopoeia. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're like we're like cousins and they talk about Swamp Thing. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, they're touting, I, and they're probably right, but uh, Parlopod, they're like the the world's only Swamp Thing podcast. Dedicated <laughs> Swamp Thing. Easily could be. Yeah, could yeah, be. which is great. So, obviously, I had to shout them out because, man, Swamp Thing. Yeah. The other show that joined after them, well, there's been two other shows that joined after them. The next show was Gallifrey Stands, which is, you know, a, as you might imagine. I can't imagine what, I don't know what that's about. It's It's about Teletubbies. <laughs> Is it weird? No. That's weird. <laughs> is, is that is is Gallifrey a thing that they do? <laughs> that <Teletubbies laughs> Gallifrey is the name of one of the Teletubbies. Yep, and he stands. That's st- bad. That's a bad <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone who heard it. Bad. Uh, no, obviously it's a Doctor Who podcast, man, and it's a great show. And I had heard of the show several times, but it's one of those I just haven't checked out. And the first episode I listened, I, I checked out just a kind of random recent episode and I listened to it and it opened with, with Capaldi, legit Capaldi introducing the show. And I was like, what? done deal. You guys are on. Man. And I listened to the show and yeah, it's really good. Hosted by Dr. Squee. I, Dr. Squee. Dr. Squee. Huh. And it's a fantastic show. They do, um, you know, obviously as you would expect, just kind of discuss general Doctor Who stuff, but also like it's really good about like they cover all the all the Doctor Who news, so it's a good way to keep up on all that. Um, the class class stuff they're talking about mm. the class uh, news and the new episodes of that coming out, which uh, Americans won't see for till next year for some reason. Boo. Yep. And um, yeah, it, fantastic show. So shout out to them, and then also the session podcast. Which is more of um, you know, they kind of describe themselves as like a, a music and pop culture podcast. But what really attracted me to Session Podcast is it's more like a couple dudes just talking about stuff. Uh-huh. They'll talk about political stuff and and news stuff, and they'll talk about music and stuff. And so that's a really fantastic show that um is worth checking out as well. It's a a little bit more general, but that's kind of what I like too. You know, we've got a lot of the niche stuff. It's nice to have just dudes talking about the world and talking about life. Very cool. Yeah. It's like a kind of like a smod cast kind of approach. 
Yeah, like they have they have certain things they tend to hit on, but it's not yeah, it's not a specific topic. And those are the th- those are the new shows. Three almost four. <laughs> Three almost four. Yeah, I mean I, I kinda I put Splurch and Parlopod in as two separate shows, so yeah, so I mean four different shows you can check out on the network. Uh what? It, and I'm sure there's probably shows that have asked me and I've forgotten about, so I apologize to those shows, but uh well, uh, real, real quick, big thank you to uh, Dustin uh, Smothers over at uh, the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast, who uh, g- gave you a very complimentary shout out on their last episode. Did they? Yeah, I didn't even hear it. I'm gonna have to listen <laughs> to it. I'm gonna have to listen to it. Sadly, I found there are certain shows on the network that I mean, I've mentioned it before that I that I don't listen to often, just because like it's you know something I'm just the wrestling stuff. It's all over my head you know i just right, not up right. on it but the network is getting to the definitely getting to the point where i mean i've listened to all the shows on the network i listen to every show before it joins mm-hmm. but it's definitely getting to the point where i'm falling behind on a bunch of shows <laughs> where it's just like sure you, you know you can only keep up so much right well thanks dustin i will check out the shout out later much appreciated whatever you said i'm sure it was great <laughs> <laughs> I think you're swell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, not weird at all. No, not. This is not weird at all. We we gotta we gotta get him on to talk about Stranger Things, or I know he liked Luke Cage quite a bit too. So that's what we should do. Yeah, we should do like a Luke Cage bites whenever. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be fun. Hey everybody, this is M.A. Tamburo from Doctor Who Dark Journey. And this is Andrew Chalmers from Doctor Who Dark Journey. We're both from Doctor Who Dark Journey. Yes. I said that we're from Doctor Who Dark Journey. You didn't need to say that we're both from Doctor Who Dark Journey. But sometimes I totally forget what I'm saying. Yes, yes. yes. But you're the writer. You're supposed to remember. I'm just the director. That's why I just tell you what you're supposed to remember. But I write it say. down because I forget it. It's written down. I should have. I'm sorry. You should, like, I see should what I mean? I've looked at There's back. a method yes. in my... There is a method um, to your... My best, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. What I want to do right now is invite everyone to listen to our good friend Dr. Squee on yes. the Belfry Stands podcast. Yes. A proud member, another proud member of the EMC Podcast Network, which we are members of as well. I heard the rumors. Yes. This is fantastic. The rumors are true. The rumors are true. Death at Christmas is coming. Prepare Death at yourself Christmas. for the Gallifrey Stand special audio drama special. Special audio drama special? It's very special. Death at Christmas. Death at Christmas. Great for all the grands out there. Nothing like death at Christmas. No, you want the death at Christmas. You do. Well, no, yeah. I want a mince pie. You you want a mince pie? Yeah, I don't want death at Christmas. What's what's a mince pie? Mince pie is a little, uh, you know, it's like sugar on them and it's like, uh, no, I don't they're know. nice. They're really no, nice. I don't they kind of taste like alcohol, but they're not. Anything's preferable to death at Christmas, if we're being honest. Unless it's the Gallifrey Stands audio drama Unless special, it's unless it's Doctor this. Squee, Doctor Squee, and uh, as the Doctor and Orla, and Orla as his faithful companion, a real life nurse, I believe. Mm-hmm. But still, aside from that, no one wants death at Christmas. Unless it's the audio drama. Unless special. it's the audio drama, which is good. Yeah. But I'm not saying that I don't want to be misquoted as saying that death is good. Yeah. At Christmas. Well, you can't be misquoted. You're saying it. I've got on tape. So. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like the I'm like the Trump of AM Audio Media. Yeah, who may or may not be president by the time this. Comes that out. is true. Yeah, that is true. In yeah. which case, people won't listen to this because we'll have been in a nuclear blast. Yes, caused yes. by his hair. 
Thanks so for go. listening, everybody. And yeah, thanks, thanks for, listening for listening to the EMC Podcast Network. Yes, exactly. And I write things down because I forget them. And merry mince pies to you all. Mm, mince pies. They're nice. And they're not dead. No. 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 Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. There we go. Okay, so we should move along to our pull list segment. Oh, hey. We already kind of introed what the pull list was, so we don't need to go over that again, but uh, we should talk. This is the part of the show where we, we find out what's coming up, right? Yeah. What what currently on our pull list has the most votes, which means, what are we talking about? What are we reading this next month? What have people committed us to? <laughs> What have you put on our plate? What have, Hopefully it's not Brussels sprouts. What burden Ooh. have you unloaded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not which Brussels sprouts. Which we beg for every month. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, exactly. We, can, <laughs> we can't really complain. It's our doing, and we're always like, please vote for this. Please, please. Yeah. So please do. Please do. We do love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even if we hit a book once in a while that we don't really care for, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we've, uh, we'll always find something we like about it, even if we don't like the whole thing. Listen, we can't talk about Batman every episode, even though right. we probably could if we really wanted we, to. We could make this a Batman show. Yeah. But we, we shouldn't. <laughs> we, no, no. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of great Batman shows out there. It's the Batman Swamp Thing Doctor Who show. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably not a huge surprise because I think this was in second place last month. Mm hmm. This month it is in first place, isn't it? Scott Snyder's Witches. Yep. Didn't he write that? Yeah. Image Comics Witches with a Y. Witches with a Y. Yeah. This came out. Oh, maybe last year. I, it could have been the year before, but um, it's it's a mini series, so we'll be able to cover the whole thing. It's, it's only maybe six six issues. Witches by Scott Snyder, which I've read maybe two issues of. So a lot of this is going to be new to me. I have not read it at all, but I am still excited because this was actually part of a Image Comics Humble Bundle. Ooh, so you already means, got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have it. I can, uh, yeah, it's easy. And it, <laughs> it makes me feel good about how I'm uh, not good at managing my money. <laughs> <laughs> See, in, instead of like, a, what do they call it? You know, like a impromptu, instead of wasting your money, it was an investment for now. Yeah. Yeah, who knew? Paying off who knew? Now. I did. I did. It's paying you know, off in dividends. So, someday I'd need it. <laughs> and I did. I did. Just reinforcing my bad idea of behavior. I could be wrong, but I think we might have hard copies, floppies of this. Seems like Whoa. something I would buy when it was coming out. Physical media. Physical What's media. That? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig through my boxes to find the the physical the floppies and be like, all right, yep, I got them. I'm I'm gonna go read them on the computer now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put them right back. Put them right back into the long box. Man, this book looks nice. Uh, yeah. Computer screen's big and bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the photo ops uh, that I got at the con. It's like, oh, these are great. Could I get a JPEG instead? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> like, I got to carry this thing around all weekend now. Thanks. You could you just <laughs> for my timeless memory. Just scan this for me, or just a straight <laughs> picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you have my email now. Just send it to my email. <laughs> <laughs> Editor's note 
A couple days after we recorded this episode, Jesse did in fact get sent to him via email digital copies of photos from that photo shoot. It really happened, true believers. Back to the show. So that'll be next episode. But this episode, we're talking about something a little bit different. Which, which again, is oddly timely. I know, right? In not, like not in a, in a, not good, in a way. good way. Uh-huh. No, not in a good way, like in a sad way. Yeah, I was surprised when I heard heard this bit of news. So we're going to be talking about Preacher, Volume 1. And then obviously, if you're a comic book follower, you already know this. But just this, I mean, when this episode would will have gone up, just this last month, the artist mm-hmm. and co-creator of Preacher, uh, Steve Dillon, Steve Dillon passed away. And he wasn't, he wasn't very old, which no. is a big bummer. Um, but yeah, October 22nd of complications of a ruptured appendix yeah that was a bummer and i was like oh man really like that's not that's not the good kind of like sometimes a news story will come up when we happen to be reading something like oh nice like you know synergy but that's not the good kind of synergy at all no no we didn't yeah we didn't know when we uh got this on the poll list that this would be occurring but yeah so there's a little bit of a dark cloud hanging over it but you know like we we still get to celebrate and enjoy um, this incredible piece of literature that these gentlemen came up with. So, mm-hmm. so Preacher uh, was published by Vertigo, written by Garth Ennis, art by Steve Dillon, uh, painted covers by Glenn Fabry, and it was uh, the series originally ran for seventy five issues, sixty six regular monthly issues, and five one shot specials, and apparently a four issue limited series as well. From did I say what year? It ran from ninety five to two thousand. Hmm. What we read, we we kind of I I regretted this a little bit later on, but basically the original trade paperback of this covers issues one through seven. Preacher uh-huh. gone to Texas. Um, now what you're likely to get a hold of now if you buy um, the hardcover trade paperback is Preacher Book One, which actually covers issues one through twelve. We opted, oh. yeah, we opted for the shorter one because um, we weren't sure what else we were going to be reading, and you know, it's kind of a busy month. But after having read this one through seven, I kind of regretted not opting for the longer one, just so that you, Jesse, could read the next bit of arc coming up because I was oh, somewhat yeah. familiar with this. So, but so we'll be talking about Preacher Gone to Texas or uh, issues one through seven, mm-hmm. and then also. Um, we will actually have Melanie here as a, uh, we're all in different places. <laughs> She'll Location be... A, B, and C. Yeah. Mobile she... unit. Grolic's mobile unit. The car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she'll be, yeah. So I'm going to get a hold of her. She'll be on her phone. So she'll be calling in the Grolic's mobile unit. <laughs> a roving reporter, our, our woman on the street. <laughs> <laughs> this will be very interesting plus she's not on wi-fi so i'm curious as to what kind of connection she's gonna get hello hi hey it's melanie it's melanie with the What's with up? the Grolix mobile unit we got all the units today <laughs> so what are you talking about we just introduced preacher or did our little introduction on preacher mm-hmm. and we are to the point where i would normally say all right guys so what was your impressions of this going into it? What did you know about this going into it? Hmm. Well, I've already read the whole thing, all, the whole series. So um, I thought it was—I think it's great. 
I I knew that I would probably like it, but I it's been on my uh, list of shame for a while. So I'm glad that we're doing it, but I had not a lot of information about it in advance. I was excited when this came up on the list because I was excited for Jesse because from the little bit when we kind of mentioned the Preacher TV show, it sounded like you knew like nothing of Preacher. Well, I- yeah, and I think I added it to the list on this show. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I think that was a thing. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm adding it to the list now. And then it shot up through the list like once it was on there. So I was excited because he was coming to it new. I have not read the whole series, but I have previously read, I like I was mentioning in the little intro here, I think I've read approximately book one, like maybe 12 issues. Okay. So I, I've read a little bit beyond what we've talked about before. But I did reread issues one through seven to talk about today, and I'm glad I did because I had forgotten everything. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and we don't have to talk too much about the TV show because I know Jesse still hasn't seen the TV show, but I'm glad I reread this after I've watched, having watched the TV show. It was very interesting. I didn't get, I didn't reread it yet, but you know, still, still. She had to, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we got the mobile unit. You, you're covering like the, you're, you're, uh, you're like at the chopper view. You, you've seen it all. <laughs> How's you see the it traffic? all. How's the traffic out there? That's <laughs> uh, moving pretty smoothly, guys. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So your morning commute should be all right. Here's kind of some plot points. According to Wikipedia, it tells the story of Jesse Custer, a preacher in a small Texas town, a preacher in the small Texas town of Anvil, which it just, it just struck me that that's Anvil. What? It just struck you? Hey, yep. Uh-huh. Custer is accidentally possessed by a supernatural creature named Genesis. Basically, it gives him the word. It gives him the power to tell people to do a thing, and they have to do this thing, no matter what it is. Tulip and Cassidy are the other characters. It's kind of the trio of, of, of characters there. Tulip and Jesse were previously a thing and cassidy is a a crazy vampire so (laughs) yeah crazy fun fun vampire baby he is a fun vampire he seems kind of like an 80 he looks like an 80s punk is he irish i mean like i get the idea that he's irish but i don't know yeah okay because they call him like mean racial epithets yeah Oh, <laughs> oh! There are some of those. There's, there's, oh, uh, by the way, this is choice language, ladies and gentlemen, for our our growlic sensitive listeners. Uh, this uh, this uh, is not something you would read to your kids before bed. This is unless, unless you want your kids to just be like crazy fun vampires. <laughs> <laughs> so Garth Garth Ennis is the writer, and he's known. I mean, one of the things he's known for is his colorful language in the in the titles that he writes that he can get away with it. And one thing I had forgotten about this book is, you know, when when it was announced they were going to do the TV show, people are like, oh, but the language, you know, there's so many F-bombs. One thing I had forgotten about this book is it's not so much the F-bombs, it's how a language is used. And then there's also mm-hmm. some real extreme slurs and stuff used throughout the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you generally don't have characters that you're supposed to be on board with saying these things. It's usually bad, you know, I mean, 
it's the kind of story where you've got a spectrum. You're not necessarily, it's not necessarily good and evil, but, uh, it's definitely bad dudes that are usually using this language. But Jesse Custer is no saint himself. Either. No, no, definitely not. But the way that the language is used, sometimes it's used for comedy, which almost makes it uh, a little bit more like, <laughs> one of the things that I really, really remember, um, I don't know what, what other book it was that we read, but I remember discovered that he had, that person had also written this. And I like the way he writes women. I think I might have said it then too. Oh, but they're I, like actual people and not, you know. I could be some... wrong, but I think it was Punisher Max. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, and Punisher Max had strong female characters, or at least a strong female character that I think Melanie had commented on. Well, because in a lot of things, women seem very blah. Like, they're, I don't know. They don't seem like real people. They seem like, you know, just something they slapped in there because it's pretty. Not like it, it doesn't have actually, they don't have actual personality. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some things you do, like even like whiny, crappy women from like Walking Dead have personality, but, but they're not always very fun, huh? I, I know, I, I know what you're saying though, because some other writers, they're, they're either, they fall into the trope of like women are, like you said, they're whiny or, there's a lot of like, you know, the de- dependence. They're very dependent on yes. male characters or they're there to serve male characters as opposed to um, other women characters that are written better. They're more, um, I don't want to say they're more independent, but you know what I mean? They're not there to serve the plot or the other characters. They're there as a fully flushed out character. Yeah. And even the women that are very, that are strong characters are easily offended all the time in, in a lot of things. And I mean, between the three hosts, between us three here, I think if somebody were to suddenly bust in and start saying some outrageous stuff, Melanie might be the least offended of the three of us. So, (laughs) yeah, probably. I'd be most likely to like bust out with some offensive stuff. (laughs) She'd be the one that would be saying the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it's happened. I'm pretty sure. Oh. I mean, maybe it might have been a different podcast, but I remember you like bleeping twenty minutes of me or something, or just cutting it out, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there was an Plus old not Superman followers. Yeah, there was an old thing where I had to cut a whole bit you went on about a whole tirade about Superman, and <laughs> and this was an uncensored podcast to begin with, and I still had to cut it. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, Tulip is interesting in this book, and I I I think I think her character, and maybe Jesse can speak to this because I think her character, as somebody who's read a little past this, or in the case of Melanie, who's read more of Preacher. I think her character gets stronger a little further into the series. Well, I like how they're kind of like, even in this first seven issues, they're playing with the idea that like, I mean, like Jesse is kind of our narrator, but not really like he sometimes he, we get to see his inner monologue, you know, like it's still that era of comics where we are reading what they think from time to time. And, uh, and he he kind of makes it makes it sound like well I, i'll i'll get her in bed within uh a week or so or something like that and she just keeps throwing that back in his face like i'd rather i'd rather be with cassidy right now <laughs> yeah and you know and she knows that's what he's thinking even before yeah. he starts in on it again i like the interplay between the three characters the three main characters yeah. we follow i really like the friendship between the between uh Jesse Custer and Cassidy Mm-hmm. 
And in the TV show, they play it well as like, there's kind of a similar dynamic. It plays well, but I think it's, I think it's more entertaining here. I really like it here. And then just the dialogue, like the dynamic between the characters is they're kind of crappy to each other, but it's in that like friendly way. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like truth in how the characters are like how that kind of friendship is portrayed, which is fun to read. Yeah. It's fun to be around too. You get to laugh at people when they're mean to each other, but it's supposed to be not mean because it's funny. Here's what happens. Basically, in these first seven issues, you've got two arcs, too many arcs. You've got the first one that kind of introduces the characters, introduces... I mean, one thing I had forgot is how much, like, straight up on Front Street, the comic is about, here's what Genesis is, here's where it came from. I want to say, like, the third page of the comic is you're in heaven or wherever that place is. Yeah. Um, Like, it doesn't hide it at all. The TV... Which, which is a spaceship. <laughs> It does. It is like a spaceship, huh? Yeah. It's very strange. There's, there's various, the various, like, I guess, races of angels. Yeah. Yeah. Like the warrior, the warrior angels don't look particularly angelic either. They don't look like nice guys. There, there's a, there's a word for it. The different somethings. It's like, I can't think of what it is. Like the seraphim and the, the Adelphi or something like that. Yeah. Basically, this Genesis thing got loose, which they were supposed to keep under wraps. And it's super powerful. It got into Jesse. And they mentioned that it's like merging with Jesse. And uh, so basically, the first arc is like introducing all that. You you get introduced to Tulip, to Cassidy, to Jesse Custer. Um, Jesse gets this ability. Uh, you get introduced to, what's his name? Sheriff Root? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he doesn't last too much longer, but you also get introduced to Arseface. <laughs> I can't remember. Was he, so was I, was I right? Was he already Arseface or did he become Arseface? Because I swear he, he wasn't and then he became it because of. No, he was already. He was already. Was he? Yeah. He didn't know, but he still didn't even know what it meant. Like he, like he's basically like, what's that mean, dad? <laughs> What does Ars mean? Yeah, I mean he he actually like adopts the title of Ars face. Yeah, um, he he calls himself it after after that first arc. And since you know we can say it's his name, even though it's kind of technically a swear. There's an R in it. So it doesn't count. That's right. Yeah. It's not. That's not a swear word in America. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> so we we're gonna sometime we have to get into a discussion of the comic versus the TV show because it's kind of fascinated me rereading this we also get introduced to the saint uh the saint of killers Mm -hmm. it's so crazy all this happens within the first few issues and for the most part a lot of it happens in the first issue the tv show like this is like doled out through the whole season some of this stuff but anyway oh yeah it's paced very differently but so then the church that jesse was a preacher at when he gets the genesis goes into him or however you want to say it, uh, it basically explodes the church, which had pretty much the whole town of people in it. Um, so the church that he was covering in the town he's from, they're all dead. And uh, a lot of this arc is them on the run from initially just the police, and then it becomes the police and the Saint of Killers guy, um, who's basically a resurrected, invincible killer. He's a he's a cowboy who who he's like a. Yeah. It's not a demon, but he's like the the ghost of a cowboy killer. He just murders people, and it's incredible. It's incredible. 
I'm not going to do it. Fall into the Trump. (laughs) No, it's incredible. Oh, boy. He's always winning at killing. He has has the best guns. (laughs) He has the best guns. Everyone's always telling him how he has the best guns. Look, look, everyone says, I have the best guns. Uh, They're they're incredible. They're wonderful guns. They never jam. We're going to kill all of the saints. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not how it works. I, I, uh, but I didn't make a mistake there. Wrong. If I did. I would. I would apologize. Wrong. But, I, but since I didn't, and I'm, I'm right. <laughs> su- su- such a nasty co-host. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, he said it. <laughs> at, the, at this point, we're quoting. This isn't even a mm-hmm. political discussion. We're just quoting celebrities. Uh, celebrities, a little far, I think. <laughs> no, that's the problem. Yeah. That's all it should be. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're certainly not po- quoting a politician. Mm. That's true. So that's the first. The first arc. The second arc I had totally forgotten about is uh, they go to New York City, and there's this story. There's this plot line with a serial killer and R- RoboCop. Uh, RoboCop. Yeah, basically, I like how they describe like so. We get introduced to the second arc through this character of a detective tool and, oh, Sheriff Stool and Detective Tool. That's interesting. (laughs) And he's the unluckiest cop in the world. But his partner is, as they would explain, as they would, as they put it, if they made a movie based on his partner, Arnold Schwarzenegger would play his play this cop. He's the hard edge. He's Charles Bronson, right? Like he's just the hard edge cop who plays by his own rules, but he's like the superstar because he's tough and he gets, he solves the cases. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) God, this character. (laughs) It's so crazy. Yeah. And Cassidy, they've gone to New York to uh, meet up with, uh, Oh, I guess an important plot point is God has left. God has left heaven or whatever, and Jesse finds this out, and so basically he's made his mission to find God because he's run off to Earth somewhere, and he's not taking care of heaven, and the angels are pretty much just have to deal with it, and Jesse has this power, so he's the power could rival that of the Lord, so he's like, well, I'm gonna go find God and make him hold him accountable for running off. I mean, right? That's like, yeah kind of becomes the mission statement of the book after the first arc anyway. So, so they went to so they go to the big apple. Yeah. The big <laughs> apple to meet up with this guy that Cassidy knows. Who's like a, he's a journalist, but he almost seems he's not tabloid journalist really, but he's like a kind of a sleazy journalist guy who's really into conspiracy theories and, and uh weird uh occult reports, stuff like that. So Cassidy takes him there just to try to get a lead on something. So, I mean, that's the basic rundown of the story. What are your guys' thoughts on, on this stuff? Again, and it's not just females. I just like the characters that he writes. They're all very interesting. They, they, they're fun. Even the, like the bad guys, they're fun. You, you, even when you don't like them, you kind of like them because they're just great characters. They're bad, you know? Yeah, I feel like even with like um, that first sheriff who's just like they make him, he, make, he writes him a comically over-the-top despicable guy if that makes sense like he's ridiculously like he says very racist but weird racist things he's mm-hmm. and he seems fairly one note but he 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 puts a, enough layers under this guy where it's like well 
that's where the whole, his son is arse face. And, um, that's where that whole thing comes from. And, uh, even that character tends to be a little bit more on the one note side, but even him, there's a little bit to it and he's entertaining because you're like, what is this guy going to say? Or what, what are they doing with this character? This guy's so over the top. And then, yeah, the main characters, it feels like everyone has their own voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's a messed up voice you don't want to hear. Yeah. Still a voice. Well, even in like the second arc where we get introduced to each of the cops, they're all like, they're all their own thing, but they don't feel like cliches. They don't feel like, uh, okay, this is, this is the, uh, classic, uh, portrayal of a TV cop or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like you, you might think that on the surface, but then you find out, whoa, okay, no, this is not necessarily what we, what we think we're getting. Isn't necessarily the whole story. Yeah. Like even with RoboCop, like he will call him RoboCop. He, (laughs) he seems, what's that? (laughs) He seems, I'm just, I'm just laughing at you. Okay. He seems like, uh, he's like that eighties typical action, like super tough guy. But yeah, then they, there's, there's like a weirdness to him and, uh, shade, like a weird, there's shades underneath that they eventually kind of they peel these layers away and you discover more about them and you're just like, whoa, that's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. That guy's strange. <laughs> oh man, when well, that a lot of them do get strange, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess you only around the beginning, so yeah. Well, and I had wished I had I wished we'd opted for, like I said, the longer book one, because they hint at it partway through this. But that gets into a little bit of like, well, this book mentions uh, something about Jesse's grandmother, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it ends. It's like uh, your grandmother called. Yeah. And and that's where the issues that we read stop. Yeah. And that's so that's kind of like the next little kind of arc. Oh, my God. It's crazy. So I kind of wish we'd have read that. But it. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant to what we're discussing, I guess. But. Melanie, you said you like it. Jesse, Jesse, how did you feel about this? I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how this struck you coming to it for the first time. Like, so you're reading this colorful language with this crazy stuff happening. Like, how did you feel going through this book? Well, okay. So it's interesting because, uh, I've, I've been binge watching Supernatural and it's funny because at a certain point in Supernatural, some of the things that are happening here are also happening there, which, which, you know, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing with Supernatural is it's kind of uh, a show, a jigsaw puzzle of being derivative, you know, like it, it's got, you know, different, it, it just pulls all these different references and uh, like God being on vacation or God being missing in action. That whole idea is a thing that they touch on in that show. And so it's interesting because it's like, oh, well, that probably came from Preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think like it's interesting because then that's like this this uh work has had a you know like that broader impact and it makes me wonder like I'm sure this isn't the first time that that's been uh written about but maybe it is and or at least maybe it's the most uh, poignant poignant work in pop culture where where we get this idea of god is dead. Maybe he's just playing skee-ball. 
Yeah, or he could be playing skee ball. He could be he could be uh, dogmatic about it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed it, and I think I would enjoy reading more of it. It really makes me think of like characters like John Constantine and like that kind of thing, where it's like he's a good guy, but he's not necessarily always a likable good guy. Mm-hmm. But he's got. I think his heart ultimately is kind of in the right place, even if he goes about it the wrong ways. That's an aspect of his character. I think the TV shows handled pretty well too. The artwork. What did you? What do you guys think of the artwork? Because when I think back on Preacher, I was like not fond of the artwork. But I think what I'm confusing in my head the look of this book with is the covers. And the covers, while well done, um, and what did it say? The cover artist was um, uh, Glenn Fabry. While the covers are well done, they have like a um, a painted look, but they're very grotesque, which is kind when, of uh, that vertigo Will, look at the time. Will also uh, Will Gallo from uh, Fatboy and Captain Llama also chimed in on on the artwork uh, on Twitter because we we kind of we we always want to know what people think before we record. And he uh, he said that uh, Dylan was was far from his favorite artist, but there's something about his art in Preacher that's just so good. Sad to see him go. So he kind of chimed in on on that bit. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because reading this again, I was like, "Oh, it the art actually looks a lot a lot better and a lot cleaner than I remember it being because I think I was associating it with I think the cover art, which has a certain look. Mm-hmm. But, but the actual art inside, I I liked it a lot upon this read through. It's not like uh it's realistic. It's I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I can say it's realistic, but it's it's not like your typical comic art where everyone looks like a supermodel. Like these people look like real people. And I think that's part of what's so good about it. And I've only noticed I only noticed one time where the faces um there was a ra- uh, a random lady whose face looked very much like tulips, except it wasn't tulip, but for the most part everybody has such a distinct look. Mm-hmm. There's no issue issue with like mixing characters up. And they also have a detailed look. And Tulip specifically looks like a certain actress, and I can't place her. But Meg she... Ryan. Yeah, maybe. No. No? Not Meg Ryan. Not Ryan. Meg Ryan's too cutesy. There's right. somebody. She's got like a longer, she's got like a 70s, 80s face. <laughs> maybe, um, what's her name? With short hair. Uh, I mean, when she has short hair. What's her name? They cut her head off and put it in a box in seven. Oh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I yeah. guess I can ke- see that too, but I don't know if it's her I was thinking. But anyway, Sharice Char- Theron. Obviously, okay. So she's got the look of a couple people. <laughs> but they're with my my girl crush, Charlize Theron. Yeah, she's one of them. Yeah, and I like her lots. She doesn't. She what has she been doing lately? It doesn't matter. Sidetracking ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the look of the characters. I. At the same time as reading this, I was reading another book, which we'll talk about on a future episode, bouncing between this and another book. And the art in the other book wasn't bad, but it's like one of those books where a lot of, especially if it's not a quote unquote hero character, if it's not somebody who's like a main character, all the faces look the same. So it was nice to bounce. And maybe that's why this art appealed to me so much, this read through. It was nice to bounce back to this where everyone looks distinct. I, I like the layouts and stuff. I mean, they're not like super stylized striking layouts, but it flows well. Yeah, I don't think the artwork is particularly beautiful or anything, but it... Like, I think it's solid. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm not super fond of Tulip at this point. I like Jesse a lot. I like Cassidy a lot. I don't really like Tulip either. I don't, I don't really, like, really like Cassidy all that much either. They're unlikable, but they're real. Right. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Well, I would I would agree with that too, but Cassidy's at least fun to read. Fun. And, yeah. and Tulip's not. She's more serious. There are some good moments between Tulip and, and Custer that, you know, there's some like light, lighthearted moments or at least good little kind of emotional beats that they hit with those characters. I would read more of it. I would recommend it. You should read more of it. It's good. I held off on like rereading this because like I said at the beginning, I'd read it before, at least what we were going to read. And then when I pulled it up to look at it, I was like, holy crap, I don't remember hardly any of this. And I found my reread was, man, it was a breeze. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I was like, why did I ever stop reading this? So like, I enjoyed it quite a bit, even this being my second time reading this particular stuff. Oh yeah. Easy read. Yeah. I think once I got going, I, I finished it in what, two, three days. And that's just because I stopped a bunch of times. Again, strong language and a lot of violence. Oh, that was another thing. And I know Garth Ennis didn't do the artwork for either of these things. He's the writer, but we talked about Punisher Max and I remember yeah. there being lots of like panels of dudes getting shot in the head where they're just missing part of their face or missing part of their head. That stuff happens a lot in Preacher. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Just half a face gone, just constantly. Um, <laughs> Either before we even met them or like it, while it happens. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, like, like I think uh, they go into like a bar, and some guy just randomly doesn't have a nose. Yeah, what was that? In one panel, he's got like a little metal cover over where his nose should be. That was weird. And it's, I don't even think it was a thing. I don't even know. Like they might have mentioned it just tangentially or just briefly, but then it's not even a thing. Just like this guy has no nose, <laughs> and then later on we meet, you know, the guy that tried to commit suicide, and now he's our face, and yeah, yeah. And and this is a detail that they obviously they didn't translate over to the te- television show because um, it would be out of date. But mm-hmm. the reason for him for our oh, space yeah. shooting himself tied into the whole you know he was following his hero Kurt Cobain. You're right, right. It tied into that whole thing. Um, in the TV show they don't they don't do that because Cobain's not really relevant now. It's always relevant. What are you talking about? Well, you know <laughs> what I mean, though. You know what I mean. It's more. <sighs> It's, it's more of a stretch. I think it would seem weird um, at this point. Following his hero, Panic at the Disco. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Try to make it timely. <laughs> to, to Panic at the Disco? <laughs> he had a fallout, boy. <laughs> I, I almost... I could be wrong. And I know they, they did that Ghostbuster song, but I almost feel like at this point, calling Fallout Boy relevant, Shows your age just as much as calling Nirvana relevant. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, I do want to say reading this after, you know, having watched the television series, it's really interesting the way they handled the TV show. And I kind of appreciate it a bit more. For example, the way they introduced the, the Saint of Killers in the comic book is very kind of matter of fact. The way they do it in the TV series I loved it. It's totally different. Um, you actually like, instead of him just being this like hardcore killer that they brought back from wherever he was resting, uh, like you get like the story, a backstory to this guy 
put to you in a super interesting way that they actually see through like several episodes before like giving you the final like here's what this guy is it just handles introduction of characters pretty well with the exception of maybe tulip uh in the tv show that is and tulip in the tv show is completely different character yeah she is very much very much different that's the one aspect where i think the tv show maybe like the way that introduces tulip is fun but almost too over the top even by the comic book standards if that Mm. makes sense i think it'd be a good discussion uh in the future uh to talk a little bit about the comics versus the tv show like that could be another you know a secondary segment sometime i i think um we should talk about real quick what are what are our plans or did you guys already discuss what our plans are from now on for the um the other section Oh, we haven't really talked about it on the show. I don't think we've hammered out specifics on what the new segment, like what will become of the secondary segment. But I think that was kind of the point is so that we could keep it a little bit more fluid or flexible. So rather than continue with Invisibles, which we will uh, visit that book, right? Yeah, I mean, I... (laughs) But rather than like do all of the... Rather than do the whole run. Right. We'll probably just hit the first one and then... Uh, keep it fluid. And I like doing the reoccurring segments, but this way we can... We can be current and not not spend years on something that's already done. Well, if there's something new that comes out that we want to check out or that if it's like, or if we know there's a movie coming out and we'd like, we plan on seeing that movie and we want to spend a chunk of time talking about that movie or, you know, something like that or something comes up last minute that we'd like to like throw in, it'll give us more opportunity to do that. And also, you know, maybe touch on more series, more more trades, or smaller runs of stuff. You know, I don't know. It just leaves us a little bit more open to not be tied to, yeah, a, a series for so long. And I'm good with that. Sounds good to me. Yeah. But we... Yeah, we, we, we are really good ones anyway. But we do have to talk about Invisibles Volume 1 sometime, because yeah. I read it. And if I read it, we're talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> I will. I'm I'm sorry I'm such a slacker anymore. Invisibles is an interesting read. I'll say that. Before, like, people complain about... Here's my mini... Without going into it, here's my mini Invisibles Volume 1 review, which we'll talk about in more detail on a future episode. Uh, People complain often about Grant Morrison stuff, and everything I've read of Grant Morrison I've enjoyed, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's weird. I get where they're coming from, but people seem to, like, really have a hate on him sometimes. Reading Invisibles, I'm like, oh, this is the this is what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh oh. It didn't make me have a hate on Grant Morrison. I still like Grant Morrison's stuff a lot, and I think there's some interesting stuff in Invisibles. But it is challenging, I guess would be the word. It's challenging. It's 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 interesting read. It's it's will will I be uh will I be deeply offended and yet find hope in it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's possible. Uh, uh, both things might be possible. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. As long as it's on the same level as the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> I think Grant Morrison would be ex- extremely happy if you thought it was. <laughs> this is Randy from In the Future. And I have a very important message for you. The Grolix podcast is missing something. And that something is you. Join our letters page segment 
If you have thoughts on what we're reading, what we just read, what we're about to read, what you're reading, or you just want to say hi, send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com and we'll read and discuss your letter on the show. What? What the devil? What are you doing here? Hey folks, this is Randy from Further in the Future. And what my former self neglected to mention is we also have a Google Voice line. You can call it, leave a message, and we will play that message on the next episode of the Grolux Podcast. Try to keep it under two minutes. Whatever you want to talk to us about, talk to us about it. Ideally, something related to the show. Dial 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. Type that into your phone, you'll be connected to our voicemail, leave us a message, and we will play it on the show. What? This is getting ridiculous. Get out of my way, get out of my way. This is Randy from even further in the future, and what these two knuckleheads neglected to mention is if you'd rather send us an mp3 recording of yourself to play on the show, you can hit that email, again, that's letters at grawlixpodcast.com with an mp3 attachment, and we'll play it during the show. Just try to keep your language clean and keep it under two minutes. Also, hey Bonehead, did you just shoot our younger self? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's cool. Shouldn't we be doing the Marty McFly disappear from the picture act right now? No, it's fine. He he was a time remnant. Oh, a time That doesn't make sense. That do- A time remnant doesn't make sense. At some point, older Randy has to travel back to talk to younger Randy. But if older Randy kills younger Randy, younger Randy never gets to become older Randy and travel back in time. It's time travel, not cloning. We're not cloning and sending ourselves back. We're just time traveling. You don't know that. We could be operating on primer rules. In that case... <laughs> There can only be one. All right, so uh, I figured we'd just talk a little bit about TV uh, TV things because there's, man, since the last episode of Grawlix, just all of it, all the TV. Yeah, fall fall is fallen. You know, last episode, <laughs> we were like, oh, I can't wait for all the shows, man. There's nothing on. We've been, you know, slowly making our way through Boardwalk Empire. Can't wait for this. Like a week into like all the shows starting, I was like, there's too many shows. <laughs> can't keep up with all the shows and in fact like i can't we're currently we're like an episode behind on flat all the cw stuff at least and mm-hmm. yeah uh we haven't all watched luke cage you know like <laughs> there's a right. lot of stuff going on but ha- did you have you guys even uh have you guys uh started supergirl or even approached supergirl because i haven't no not at all no. i had intended to but I got it. It, was, it wasn't super high on my priority. And once all the shows got into full swing, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely need to make a priority list here. Right, right. And I, I kind of wanted to because they have a new Superman over there and I'm hearing good things about him. Uh, but I'm just like, ah, I, I got to draw the line somewhere. They, right now it's at Supergirl. <laughs> they got a new Superman over there. <laughs> They've got a Superman and it's not Henry Cavill. I'm pretty much on board. <laughs> <laughs> the, really the things that at least for me the things that have really grabbed me have been luke cage westworld man loving westworld and um it, we're behind on flash but of course flash has been pretty good those are like the three that i can think of that i've been making a point to hit oh and you know obviously we had the walking dead premiere yeah obviously so uh let's talk for a moment uh, jesse you've seen that right um, yeah of course you have yeah yep 
Let's talk for a moment about The Walking Dead season premiere, even though by the time this episode goes out, there will be a couple more episodes out. But it's a pretty big deal, right? A little bit. It's kind of like the whole shift of the of the story. It's a it's a shift. It's going to be a shift for the show. And it was a shift for the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler warning. Spoiler. Uh, As if people don't know by now. So how do you feel about because and, you know, this has kind of happened before, but at least this time in terms of the TV series, at least this time, I kind of see where people are coming from. But you got a lot of people done with the show, done with Walking Dead. They crossed the line. How, how, where do you fall in that whole spectrum of, of emotion? No way. I mean, like we were totally, we knew this was coming. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you mean they crossed the line? What, what about this crossed the line? They were showing us Polaroids of what was going to happen last, all of last season. Like they were building up to Negan and, and the, the terrible stuff he does for a full season. I'm glad you put it that way because that's kind of the way I feel about it. And it's like the cliffhanger, the thing that they use to hook us, the thing that everyone who's watching the show has been so anxiously awaiting to find out is who's going to get beat to death with a baseball bat. That's literally the cliffhanger. So when the show comes back and they deliver full on, they deliver on that, people are upset. And it's like you were waiting to see who was going to get beat to death with a baseball bat. What did you expect was going to happen? Right. People are going to get popping out. I'll tell you that. Well, and (laughs) (laughs) you're right. That was intense. You're you're right. And I listen, it was unpleasant. It was not an enjoyable episode at all. It was terrible, terrible time, but that's not to say it was bad. And there are people on, I've read even in my friends list on Facebook who are like, you know, they're done with the show and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you could have achieved the same thing if they'd, you know, if he'd, swung the bat at somebody and then you cut to black you it's the same thing it's like no like you're no. you're wanting kid gloves that's not the same thing and i'll and especially not because they already faked it once you exactly. have to see it or you won't believe it exactly right. and i think that's part of what really fast i think the way they did it is the way they almost had to do it and people are upset well it's manipulating the audience and i 100 percent agree it is manipulating the audience and that's part of what makes it so interesting to me is because they did do the fake out with Glenn. So they couldn't anything short of showing his skull cracked open with his eyeball hanging out. You're going to have people doubting it because right. they've already set up that possibility. So they had to go full bore and deliver like you have to watch this or else, you know, there's no coming back. Yeah. I also think and it's, you know, it's kind of crappy, but I think Abraham killing him as well is one, a mister, a temporary misdirect. And it's manipulative in that they know the audience isn't that attached to Abraham. He's not as, I mean, he's not a dislikable character, but he's not, he hasn't been in it since the beginning. And it's, you know, I mean, come on, it's Abraham, right? Uh, And he would have, and basically they've cleaned house on the people that were supposed to die anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. And as Melanie said, like right after he started going to town on Abraham, She's like, you're right. You can never be happy in Walking Dead because that's how they ended his last season is like they were giving him an obvious arc of like he's finally like feeling good or feeling um, a little bit better with his place in things. You can't do that in Walking Dead, man. It's a, it's a death warrant. So just be miserable all the time and you'll live forever. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Unless, um, unless you're K-Dog. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. be black. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah well, that's because those those... <laughs> 
Those guys don't last too long on the show either. No. That's not me. That's the show. Okay. <laughs> All that being said, man, they really did go super hardcore and made a point to make you feel bad about the way Glenn went out. Yeah. And then the bit with with the whole breaking Rick and the bit with Carl's arm. Yeah. Holy crap. So that I didn't see that coming. I I thought they were really setting things up for uh Rick to lose lose his arm or his hand. Uh-huh. And then they just totally spun it. And I was like, "Whoa." That's part of the the way it manipulates you. And if you're not reading the comic, if you haven't read any of the comics, this would it wouldn't necessarily work on you at this level, but a comics reader, as we discovered during our Walking Dead segments, Rick has lost his hand in the comics. So as a comics reader, you're like, wait, are they going to make good on that now? Like, yeah, it's just teasing it. Yeah. Yeah. At that point in the show, because normally you'd be like, there's no way they're going to take Carl's arm. But in that point in that episode, I think the brutality, the whole Glenn thing, I think just the whole and the tenseness of the episode. I think at that point, like I, at least I was seriously like, they might do this. Like at this point, they're, they're going all out. And you don't know what is gonna happen. Yeah. They already had him which you know good for them for doing it, but they can't make you lose your eye and then chop your hand off too when they haven't done anything to work yet. Come on. I didn't see it happening, but at that point, like I said, the episode had been so tense and so extreme that I was like, they might. Who I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I guess. I would I would have I could have been unhappy if they would have cut off his arm. If if Rick would have cut off his, that would have been fine. Don't do it there. In general, I think people's reaction, there's a lot of people that are being, as you would expect, I mean, it's not network television, but it's still, it's not, we're not talking HBO. I understand people are upset. And to a point, I want to be like, calm down. It's Walking Dead. You should have seen, you should, you should expect it to be kind of brutal. But uh, one of the most like sadistic, like displays of just straight uh, sadistic evil behavior in a show Uh that I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. I don't think that they can ever do anything uh, in terms of language that would ever be worse than what we witnessed visually. Well, and that's another thing that plays into the like they the cliffhanger the season before what, was it the season before maybe it was two seasons ago the whole thing where they debated on having Rick drop the f bomb instead of sta- instead of saying they're screwing with the wrong people and they opted to go with that instead of the f bomb the, uh-huh. the fact that they, that was actually a debate they had. And then you get to this like yeah. season premiere and you witness that kind of brutality to a character that you're invested in. It's so funny because it's like, well, you're not going to see any nudity. They can't drop the F bomb, but they can bash Glenn's eyeball out. Like, right. It, it, yeah. it, it, it does. It is kind of ridiculous. Which had way more emotional impact on a person than a, that word, you know? Yeah. So bizarre where our priorities are in terms of censorship. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, exactly. And that's not a Walking Dead thing. That's just a, uh, it seems like an American thing. I'm sure other countries have other, like, elements of that. But it's definitely a weird American thing. Now, does it being Glenn, I mean, obviously that's going to have a different effect on somebody than Random Stranger. But I remember being somewhat shocked at episodes in the past where, like, they've, very graphically cut characters throats, but they're like, you know, characters that we don't know or they're, you know, whatever B characters. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. do you think 
people would be as outraged if it was basically like the Glenn thing, but some other random character, somebody we if don't they, really care if about. If they had switched around Abraham and Glenn and how what they did to them, because I mean, you, they showed Glenn with not Glenn. Abraham with some blood running on his head, but that's not nearly as bad. Yeah, the Abraham they, thing was graphic, but it was anytime it was real graphic, it was shot further back, and a lot of the swings were like off camera. Yeah, right. I think I don't think it would have been as big of a deal if it had been. Uh, if it, I don't think if people would have reacted the way they did, perhaps if it had been Abraham that they showed getting his eyeball popped out and not Glenn. And I think Abraham. I think the honestly, the, I think the whole reason Abraham went was to basically throw the scent off of Glenn. Glenn's who gets yeah. it in the comics. They probably are like that's who people are going to expect. So let's throw Abraham out there, and that takes. That you know that adds back the surprise of Glenn getting it. And just in case, just in case you weren't freaked out, uh, now we're gonna we're gonna throw Daryl in a van. Yeah, and that's kind of like, <laughs> and I, I had this thought. That's kind of them like, listen, we know we couldn't kill Daryl if we wanted to at this point. They're like, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't want everyone to leave, but we got to do mm-hmm. something. So we're taking him away. <laughs> yeah. Because Daryl would fight back one way or the other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it also played into then, well, oh, somebody else has got to go. Time for Glenn. Yeah. Again, it was not a fun episode. It was very hard to watch. It was super tense. I'm surprised they had the gall to do it. They had to know people were going to get upset. Yeah, it's a leap of faith. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, AMC is like, it's smart of them to do the make those ballsy decisions to be like, okay, well... This is extreme, but okay. Because if they weren't willing to do that, they wouldn't have had their Breaking Bads. They wouldn't have had Walking Dead in the first place with his, with how extreme it's been in the past. They wouldn't have Preacher. So I think them taking those chances, willing to possibly alienate or offend viewers, I think for the most part it's worked out for them. Well, we haven't had a major death like this in The Walking Dead since, like, Herschel. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. Like, they kind of needed that because you could sense that. The last couple seasons, we haven't. You're right. It's like, we're going to have a death, but it's going to be one of these other guys. It had to be somebody big because even Herschel was, I mean, he was, he'd been there for a little while, but not anything like as long as Glenn has. Glenn's been there since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we had Tyrese, but Tyrese also was kind of like the Abraham impact. It's like, okay, we've had him for a while, but not long enough to get attached. He's still kind of, everybody else. They're everybody else is like second stringers. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple characters. I, I was really sad when that doctor girl died. That made me sad. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she, she basically got the Abraham death. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Denise. Was it Denise? Yeah. I think so. I did not know that. Yeah, you do. Oh, also as terrible as it is, uh, I enjoyed Negan's line about uh, it's a vampire bat. I yes, I, I'm I'm loving Negan. I mean, I I love everything about Negan really, and I probably shouldn't because he's he's horrible. I shouldn't love him, but like Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing it so well, and that's part part of what makes the character all the more interesting because you hate him like right, like you hate him, but he's so charismatic. It, yeah, it it's yeah. he's so perfect for this role. I can't. I can't see anybody else in the role right now. Uh, do you guys want to call it good there? Or did you want to talk like 
both of you guys, I finished Luke Cage, but neither of you guys have. Did you guys want to say anything about that at all, or should we just call it good? I, w- I would say save it until we're, I'd like, I'd like to get a little further, especially since there's things that you uh, you said are going to happen pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. I want I'd like to, I'd like to get a couple episodes further, because okay. it is kind of a weird place that I'm at right now. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm on my second viewing of the series, so it'll, uh, it's, it's all just reinforcing it so I can remember it for, for later discussions. So I'm good with that. Oh, sure, sure. This is Melanie, and that boy's got the growlicks in him. This is Jesse. There are three rules. One, no bright light. Two, don't get him wet. And three, never feed him after growlicks. This is Randy. We all go a little growlicks sometimes. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, Facebook.com slash Grolix Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grolix Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grolix Podcast. What's what kind of apocalypse is happening in the background, Melanie? <laughs> it's 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 not what what kind of apocalypse is happening in the background there? It's not super loud, but there's kind of like a weird ominous tone that comes through occasionally. Uh huh. I think it's just the regular kind, you know. Regularly, <laughs> like I think I think it's time for you know the, the good guys and the bad guys to have a war, so you duke it out, see who can win, take over, and rule everything. And then if it doesn't happen, then we'll try again, like, you know, some other time, another couple of thousand years type of thing, you know? I hope that it works out for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay.